Welcome to episode 17 of our Lincoln. Today's episode is sponsored by CityX. Visit Lincoln, Stokes Tea and Coffee and the White Hart Hotel. If you are interested in sponsorship opportunities of the podcast, do let me know. We've done some cool things with other businesses so far, like a keto gaming bar promoting half-term opportunities. If you are interested, reach out on Instagram or any of the social media platforms and we can talk about that. I'm joined today by Danny Gill, chef proprietor at uh, Brown's Pie Shop. Got there, that's a hard word to say. Um, Danny, thanks for coming on, mate. How are you thank doing? You. Yeah, uh, first of all, thank you very much for inviting us to come on. Absolute There's pleasure. quite a few of your episodes already, and um, so yeah, we're all stoked about being here today. Yeah, um, great to have you, mate. Do you want to give us a little bit of an intro to yourself and to the business? Yeah, um, so I'm a chef by trade. Um, I've been a chef now for nearly 20 years. Um, three years ago, me and my fiance Carly. Um, made the decision to buy Brown's Pie Shop and Restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a business, it's a restaurant uh, building establishment which has been very, very close to my heart pretty much all my life. Yeah. Um, my dad uh, was one of the original chefs when it first opened. Um, 15 years after it opened, um, he bought it and then when he made the decision to retire, uh, me and Carly uh, yeah, decided yeah. to buy it as well so uh, it wasn't intended it was never kind of planned it was never an intention of mine to come back to Lincoln after all the various places that I uh, was fortunate enough to work at um, but it was the best decision I've made yeah fantastic yeah. and it's a it's sort of a stalwart part of like Lincoln's Absolutely. Know, like Belgate area isn't it like Absolutely. it's been part of the Belgate for a long time so it must be really cool to be sort of the yeah. part of that, yeah. that establishment um, I think when I was younger, um, growing up in Lincoln, I never appreciated the cathedral or the castle or Steep Hill or the buildings up here, the, yeah. the architecture, um, because you're young and you're, you know, you're interested in other, in other things. Yeah. Uh, when I came back to Lincoln, I was 29, 30 years old, and I was just like, I really started to appreciate everything that this city has to offer. Yeah. And from when I left Lincoln to, I moved down to Oxford at 16, um, the university had only just really started being built and started yeah. being developed and then kind of coming back and seeing how it's changed the face of the city is just mm-hmm. unbelievable. Yeah. Um, and I just find Lincoln a really inspiring place at the minute. Yeah. There's so much going on. So. Yeah, there's loads in there. Let's talk a little bit about uh, about Brown's Pie Shop then in terms of kind of what it is that, like what it is that you do, what you specialise in. Obviously yeah. it's, it's pies, but like let's talk about how you've changed the menu since you came in and and what it is that your your vision for for the restaurant? Uh, so yeah, I mean we're obviously famous for our pies. Um, the the biggest change that we've made is um, going from the, the the traditional pot pie, mm-hmm. which is what the the you know the restaurant was famous for and is famous for still. Um, I think as as kind of foods got more fashionable and popular on television and stuff like that. Um, especially with things like social media and TripAdvisor, um, yeah. a lot of people say, "No, it's not a real pie; it's a casserole with a lid on." <laughs> and it's everyone's different interpretation. You know, yeah. tr- uh, pies actually traditionally started off in a pot with a lid on, so oh, right, that's the history go. of a pie. Um, the fully encased versions—that's uh, how a pie has evolved. So yeah. now we offer both types, um, which has kind of cut out a lot of moaners. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, um, but in terms of the menu, you know, it's really hard because you could take the menu and split it into three and have three different establishments. Yeah. You know, three different restaurants. We do pies, we have a specials menu on, we have an a la carte menu on, and we have a two cost three menu on. And uh, yeah. one of the first things one of, the, one of my chef friends said to me when I got it was like, oh, are you going to reduce the menu? And I was like, well, yeah, be, I think we need to. 
but that's what makes brand special. Yeah. Um, so it's just been a learning curve for me of how to really make things simple um, because in places that I've worked before, it's really easy to overthink things. Right. Really easy to get complicate flavours and complicate dishes because you think, oh, you, you think a great plate of food needs lots of things on it mm-hmm. and it doesn't. You know, we are literally putting a pie, mash and gravy on a plate. Yeah. But all three elements are spot on, yeah, so there's awesome. nothing to complain about. Yeah, everyone loves your mashed potato. Everyone yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and the gravy as well. You know, yeah. we've, we've had stalls at the Christmas market and um, recently at the Steampunk Festival, and a lady came over yeah. and said, "Oh, is your chips and gravy is it the same gravy in the restaurant?" And we yeah. said, "Yeah, she said, oh, that's the deal breaker, right? We'll have chips from you." Yeah, yeah. yeah so, yeah, um, yeah uh, I've thought about changing the menu um, and tweaking it but I, I just think it evolves I don't think you, it's never really a case of like right tomorrow we're going to take all the menus out and put new ones on yeah. you just drip feed and slowly 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 um, let that evolution take place yeah so you uh, kind of like focus on like seasonality of all the produce and yeah, that sort of things the menus yeah. yeah so we're smack bang in the middle of the game season right now it's yeah. my favourite time of year all, yeah. them, um, all the wild mushrooms pumpkins root vegetables um, it's um, game uh, all the uh, meat is just it's it's just awesome. Um, yeah. all, all the all, all the ingredients are packed full of flavour. It's really robust, um, and all these ingredients are so um, you, you know adaptable. You can mm-hmm. do so much with them. So yeah. it's my favourite time of year. Right That's now. awesome. Yeah, and you the building itself is quite unique, isn't it? I suppose I was looking on your website the other day. Like you said, it's built in the seventeenth century. So yeah, that. It presents sort of like an opportunity, doesn't it? It's where it's really cool. Yeah. Like, well, last we, time I came in, we sat down in the cellar area. Yeah, that's my favourite part of the building. Yeah. <laughs> but do you, uh, does it present challenges as well, being in a building? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we've just had the environmental health round, funnily enough. Um, so we, we've passed with flying colours on the, the hygiene and the paperwork and all that. Um, and then they started picking faults in the building. And you kind of said, oh, I said to her, you know, if it's nearly 500 years old, this place, <laughs> yeah. I can't just start doing things to it because I've got a, go through heritage and I was like oh, so yeah it's you know they're starting to you know bring up and health and safety is going bonkers as it is anyway but you've got to adhere to it um, so uh, it, it does pose its challenges um, obviously the, the, the front of house staff have to run up and down the stairs and there's a lot of them yeah um, and when you're doing the covers that we do daily that there's, there's a lot of up and down the stairs so uh, they all cancel the gym memberships when they start and <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, you, the was Brown's Pie Shop and Restaurant ever ever supposed to be as busy as it is? I don't think so, but you just, again, you just adapt every day to yeah. the challenges that it faces. You know, you, yeah. um, we don't see them as problems. We just find a solution and yeah. get on with it. That's awesome. And I guess how busy it is is kind of a reflection of how popular it's, it's become. And it's, it's always been sort yeah. of like a, a key part of like Lincoln's restaurant scene, I guess. But you won uh, Lincoln's Restaurant of the Year, didn't yeah. you? Is it uh, last, last week? week? Last yeah. week, yeah. Um, so how did that come about and what was it what was um, it the sort of judges we, saw that I don't know I'm not, I'm not sure we just got told we were nominated for it that was fantastic and it's always a privilege to be nominated for these things because you look at who you're nominated with yeah. and you know there's like I don't know what, how, exactly how many there was but the, these are the places to be up against them you know we were joint winners with LALA and that's one of my yeah. favourite places to yeah, win I love, love it there um, so it just makes you feel real proud to be thought of in that same Group of group of yeah. uh, group of restaurants. Um, I nearly fell over when I got told we won it. I, I didn't get, couldn't make it to the awards unfortunately. Um, so I woke up the next day. Were you working? Um, no, I was. I was just at home. We've had uh, um, some things going on at, yeah. at, at home, so I, 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 uh, we couldn't make the awards. But um, yeah, uh, I woke up the following day and was like, 
200 plus notifications on my phone, messages <laughs> and that. I was like, fucking hell, we've got yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah, the restaurant of the year. So rang the head chef, messaged the restaurant manager, um, got into work and everyone, yeah, everyone's just buzzing, you know. Yeah, um, but it, it's more, uh, it's, it's for them, you know, that I've taken the light house approach in management uh, as opposed to the tugboat, you know. Um, that's a real good analogy, I think, in terms of, um, of, of how to of how to bring people on yeah um i'm, I'm trying to be the you know i've spent 15 years immersed myself in michelin star restaurants uh-huh. <clears throat> um it's a tough environment um so i'm trying to be the the person that i needed when i was in their shoes um yeah. as opposed to being the same person that who, tra- who trained me yeah um and i just think brands for over the past three years has been a product of that really yeah fantastic so. that's, a good, that's a good time so I wanted to talk to you about like your career journey and kind of like yeah. what it, so we'll talk a bit later on about like what it's like to, like life as a chef the day to day but let's yeah. talk about like how you got started what the the reason was why you obviously you said you like your dad owned the yeah the yeah. Before. So yeah was that the inspiration to get into yeah there's no doubt about it. it it's monkey see monkey do by my yeah. my uh dad's always been a huge inspiration to me um he was in the RAF as a chef uh-huh um and then, and then did Browns after when he came out of the RAF. So I've always been surrounded by food. Yeah. Um, always seen fresh food being cooked at home. So I'm very fortunate for that. Um, I don't know. I love school, but for all the wrong reasons. I love the social aspects yeah, of it. Yeah. Um, I loved being um, with people and socialising and being with my friends and having fun uh-huh. but stick me behind a desk and the, the concentration level just wasn't there I couldn't I couldn't I'm not the sort of person who learns from being spoken to like that right. I have to be up on my feet and I have to be using my hands so I always found like woodwork and stuff like that uh-huh. cooking at school um, fun um, and then I started to want, want things as you know young teenagers do and my dad was like well if you want those new pair of trainers and they cost 50 quid then <laughs> yeah. yeah go and wash some pots on the weekend so he got me a yeah. job I think I did my first shift at Browns when I was 12 yeah um, and it was just that one day a chef didn't turn up uh, so the sh- I, I was told to do the starters I didn't have a choice um, but, <laughs> but it, I think it's not like I went um, kicking and screaming I was more than happy to do it yeah and it, I just fell in before I fell in love with food, I fell in love with that camaraderie. Yeah, like the industry the passion, itself. Yeah. The I, I, I love being out of my comfort zone. Um, I love, I'm, a, I'm an <coughs> absolute adrenaline junkie. Yeah. Um, and so every single day my job gives me that. Yeah. Um, and I've been doing it for a long time now. I never get bored of service. It's the, you know, I say to the girls and boys who we uh, work with and employ uh, now, it's, this is what it's about. You know, yes, there's a lot of hard work to be done in the morning and the yeah. afternoon, but between 12 and half past two this is what it's about you know yeah. we've got people coming to celebrate special occasions with us it's you know we they're, they're coming it's, it's it's a real um when you when you break it down it's it's important you know it's a it's a high pressure job because you don't get really, very rarely get a second chance in this industry yeah you know what i mean so um you you know you have to get it right i'm going off on a tangent here, That's right. Right. Uh, but um so yeah i started off with brands i work i did kind of work to the wing and mitre black horse chambers uh, Jocasters, um, uh, Thold Arms in Harmston. I've worked at a, f- a few places in and around Lincoln. Uh-huh. And then um, a chef just said to me one day, you know, uh, if you're gonna if you're gonna want to do this, uh, then started telling me about Michelin stars basically, Michelin star restaurants. I got a copy of White Heat by Marco Pierre White. And oh yeah, that. yeah. Um, and then was just hooked. Um, 
So I, I wrote a letter to everywhere in the Good Food Guide with a, six, a score of six or higher. So it's like 120 letters I wrote one day um, to all these places and got loads and loads back and I, I, I nailed it down and I went to the Waterside Inn, Restaurant Gordon Ramsay and Le Manoir Quatre Saisons wow. um, for trials. Yeah. Um, and looking back on it, was I too young to go at that age in that environment? Maybe. Um, but I was, I'm just the sort of person like, I'm just gung ho, yeah. you know, I was just like, yeah, I've got to go and do this. So I did, uh, did nearly five years at the Manoir. Um, I've got uh, my wife's cousin works there currently as a oh, really? yeah, on the waiting team. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah that was an incredible place. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it, it's Raymond Blanc's restaurant. That's right, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Um, so I've been nearly five years there. And it was like my university years, um, but you know, I, I, I learned so much um, and it was just the best place to, as, for a grand and as a chef, because you know, I, the first six months I spent putting vegetables away, yeah. um, but I learned how to do it bloody properly um, yeah, yeah. and how to check vegetables properly. And it was that, um, you know, this, the industry's going through a bit of a transitional period at the moment and it's, um, it's not struggling to get get stuff. It's tr- struggling to retain them because, but you know, people think six months in a job job is a long time. Mm. Um, I've you know, spent everywhere I've been. I've kind of done a minimum of sort of two years. Yeah. Um, so after the memoir, I went to. I, I wanted a new challenge, and I didn't want it to be a hotel. And I, I, I wanted, you know, Raymond Blanc was there, and you, you had his influence there, but he yeah. wasn't on the stove cooking. So no. um, I went to Midsummer House. That's owned and ran by uh, two Michelin star chef Daniel Clifford, mm-hmm. and uh, I worked there for a year. I went away to London. Um, I ran a restaurant in London um, called Rusillion. Mm-hmm. Achieved all sorts of accolades there. It was my first head chef position, um, and it wasn't. I, I, I was twenty three at the time, and I thought, "Am I too young for this?" Well, I've I kind of like well, I've I've been here for two years, and I've done all the things that a head chef should do. Yeah. But where do I go from this? You know, I'd won accolades and done all that, and I was like, I, I'm still very young. Um, I'd been offered a really, really, like, really well-paid job um, with a restaurant group, and they were going to do all this, that, and the other. And I just thought, I don't really want that. And I've never, never been money-driven. I've always been opportunity-driven right, because yeah. with if you work hard at an opportunity, then you'll reap the rewards. Sure. Just that's just how things work. Um, so I went back to Midsummer House. Um, worked my way up to head chef and then was the head chef there for three and a half years mm-hmm. uh, it's just an amazing place it's a beautiful restaurant uh, Daniel Clifford is the most creative um, cook genius that I've ever worked yeah. with you see, uh, he appears on quite a lot of um, TV shows yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, he really he really made me kind of blossom myself do you know mm-hmm. what I mean um, and that kind of creative side really started to come out there and um, I'm very grateful for the opportunities that yeah. were, were given to me um, throughout my whole time there. I appeared on Great British Menu. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> we had MasterChef, the professionals come to the restaurant, so I kind of had that whole um, insight into the media and how that, how that works. So um, yeah, and that was just an amazing time there. We, yeah. we, we achieved so much as a team there as well. And, um, everybody who we worked with there, I'm still in touch with a lot of them now. Uh, they've all kind of gone on and, and carried on doing amazing things within the industry as well. So yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. So what was it that inspired the move back to to Lincoln then? Um, I had um, my daughter's 14 now, um, so I was very young to, to you know to to become a dad. Um, but it, that was kind of a bit of a wake up call as well. It was like you know um, I was a typical 
15, 16 year old lad who was doing all the things that he shouldn't have been doing. Yeah. And I um, uh, think, you know, what happened then was it was like, I really, I, I want to be somebody who my daughter looks up to. Yeah. Um, and I want to go and achieve things. Um, and I want to be able to provide, um, provide for my daughter. And then um, I also, uh, I'd always worked away and then came back on my days off, worked away, come back on my days off, worked and that gets tiring and it gets really frustrating on a relationship and things mm. like that as well. So um, um, I think my, my partner, Carl, is, you know, she's been, she's got the patience of a saint. <laughs> yeah. um, but uh, I think, yeah, it was just, uh, Browns had been on the market for like six months, you know, we hadn't, we didn't, I didn't come back to initially to buy Browns. That yeah. just, I don't know, we just, it just, seems right yeah it just yeah. seems right and i think as well you get it gets to a point where you work for so many other people you have your own ideas about how you want to do things um the pre the, the last company that i had worked for i just really didn't agree with their values about how they treated the staff yeah the work ethic and all, all the rest of it yes you need to work hard yes you need to push yourselves but um you know there's a reason why people are struggling to get chefs these days it's because mm. they've been treated like shit for yeah, a very very yeah, long time yeah. um, and uh, you know in my experiences it's been the closest thing to slavery really <laughs> in terms of work hours and pay and yeah. how you've been treated and um, you know what you get fed and everything else like that you know <clears throat> even in the, the, the highest most accoladed places you know what's going on in the restaurant is brilliant but what was going on behind the scenes is not so um, yeah. but that's just learned behaviours over the years over the years over the years over the years um, and I'm glad that I'm actually going for. I, I, I'm part of this change yeah. that's going through because yeah. I've seen it at its worst, but I know how good it can be as well. Um, yeah. So it's just trying to figure it out, really. I think um, from an outsider to the industry's perspective, although like I, I'd sort of you know I'm I'm really into food and I I've yeah. sort of like watch all the TV shows and I you know um, not Netflix documentaries about life as a chef and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I think like the perspective from an outsider is that 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 kind of like it being like in the trenches and really hard and it's it's supposed to be difficult and you're supposed to get like absolutely nailed by the head chef. Like, yeah. That's kind of been like celebrated almost in the past. Like yeah. this oh, is yeah, how yeah. you've got to treat people. Yeah. You've got to treat yeah. them like dirt and yeah. to get the best out of them. Yeah. So you'd like to see someone that's like trying it's, to change that it's, way. It's, yeah, it's, it's not necessarily treating people like dirt. It's the break them down and build them up yeah, mentality. Yeah, you know, yeah. Escoffier who um, kick-started, I'll give you a quick history of uh, fine dining. He, he, he went into the Ritz kitchen just after World War Two, mm-hmm. and he was a general in the French army in World War Two. Yeah. So fine dining kitchens were born by an army general of World War Two. Right. so you can there imagine how <laughs> discipline, and that's why uh, kitchens teams are called brigades, yeah. like in the army, you know, a brigade of men or women, um, uh, that's, that's, that's how it started. But so, yeah, then, then you know, obviously, there's the chef's ego, which kicks in, um, and I've kind of been through all that as well, <clears throat> and uh, it, it becomes you, you don't become it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, look, I think it's brilliant how much um, food is on the television nowadays, or, mm-hmm. but I don't agree with, um, you know, Gordon Ramsay, he's uh, done so much good for the UK food scene and worldwide. Course, um, yeah. But if you walk down the street and ask anybody, oh, what's the most famous chef that you know of? They're going to say Gordon Ramsay. There's a good chance he's going to say it. Yeah. And look how he's conducting himself on television nowadays. Yeah. When he first started, you saw the real Gordon Ramsay. And it wasn't the, oh, you're a fucking idiot sandwich and all this screaming yeah, and shouting. Yeah, but yeah. when someone says, you know, you need to behave like that because we're going to pay you X amount, to, some, you know, he's going to do it. And he's filling his restaurants because of it. But 
is that having an adverse effect on young people What's watching television and saying, do I want to be a chef? You know, no, no they yeah. don't. Um, when I grew up, I was watching Rick Stein. Yeah, oh, what I was guy. watching Floyd. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. watching Gary Rose. Yeah. You know, they weren't screaming, shouting and, and butchering people. They were right. talking and you could see how excited and passionate they were about food. So, yeah, um, yeah that, you know, but, but saying that, Tom Kerridge is an amazing... Um, an amazing inspiration, uh, the way that he uh, conducts himself on the television and, and you know, the Hand and Flowers started probably nearly 20 years ago now or 15 years ago now and look at what's blossomed from that Yeah. and yeah. every single one of his establishments, there's probably somebody who's gone through the Hand and Flowers doors so I take a great deal of inspiration from not just him as a chef and his, the way that he cooks but the way that he's grown his business and kept it very... Um, in-house yeah and just it's all grown from that so that's really uh, amazing to watch that's awesome i think there are like there's some examples that i, mean, I think i'm trying to think of the name of the netflix series is it chef's table yeah chef's table yeah, yeah. where that's probably like a better insight into like absolutely inspirational chefs yeah. in terms of like the way that people conduct themselves running their own company and yeah and their and what inspires them and yeah you get to see a different side to what the industry mm-hmm. is like and it's kind of it's much more focused on the individual isn't it that that shit yeah rather than the sort of histrionics of, of Gordon Ramsay or someone yeah exactly yeah. yeah um it's but I you know we we do all sorts of work with schools now because um you know is there a chef shortage I don't think there is I think there's a shortage of I don't want this to, you know, there's a shortage of people who want to really apply themselves. Yeah. And that's not, I don't want, this is a, this talks about Lincoln, not about, I don't want to get onto this whole society, uh, <laughs> generation yeah. snowflake, because it really, really annoys me that the, you know, I've met people who were 35, 40 years old who, who, who struggle with uh, high pressure jobs. Yeah. So don't just bracket a load of, you know, young up and coming because, because they're born at, after night three or something and they're a snowflake it's wrong um, you know we're living proof of that at Brands Partial the work that we do at schools and young people we work with the EVP we work with Rise Home College um, we go out to schools and do uh, pop-up restaurants yeah. because you know if you're going to expect um, young people now just to come to you they're not in yeah. school you know at GCSE level now there's so much more than what we could take when we, when we was at school um, there's loads they could, there's loads of choice for them now so um, food is not taught enough in schools that's it hasn't been for years it's yeah. not, that's not just something that's recent it wasn't taught enough really properly when I was there um, so uh, you know we came up with the pop up for school scheme to, to, to take that to, to the schools uh, my yeah. long term goal with that is to uh, eventually it, it have a knock on effect with education system and try and get it into schools yeah. but we've got to build enough of a um, a kind of portfolio with it to say right this is working this is getting people into the industry yeah why can't we have more of a say at the age of 15 16 in schools about food and hospitality yeah i think it's i think it's tricky in schools isn't it like you say the, the offer for all the different subjects has changed so Welcome back to episode 17 of our Lincoln. Uh, the recording got interrupted <coughs> there by a phone call, but we'll pick up where we left off. So we're just talking about um, about education and, and what the uh, offering is in schools to try and inspire uh, young chefs to get involved. And I was just going to say about sort of my experience at school, I guess, was uh, quite a simplistic view of food. Like you'd cook the basics, like you'd do maybe like rock cakes one week, you might make a pizza the next, but there's yeah. never like 
didn't really give you an insight into at the unless you took it as GCSE or A level, I guess mm-hmm. it didn't really give you an insight into what actually the industry is about. Yeah, and I don't. I think that's changed a lot now. Because when I was working at Lincoln Minster School, like the the food courses there were all very much uh, more in depth and it lot covered a lot more in terms of the industry, but also inspiring to cook, you know, proper dishes and stuff. And so you learned a lot more. Do you yeah. find, have you found that that like the offer in schools has changed yeah. quite significantly? Yeah, definitely. I think you know, I'm. Uh, there was a young lady called uh, Kim Allen who's the um, head of food down at North Stevens School um, and she's friends with Carly and um, she was the one who uh, just an absolute legend really in the whole pop-up for schools um, she, she was the one who kind of brought all the red tape down and got us into the, to, to be able to do the first one and has been super supportive with the project ever since um, and you know she's so passionate about food so passionate about nutrition and about what just it's great what we're doing now and it's great what the schools are doing now but it can always be so much better and yeah. like, exactly like you said you know it's very the curriculum's very mundane mm-hmm. um, and it could just be so much more exciting you know Cayman Hospitality is the third or the fourth biggest employer right now in the UK yeah um, it is a, but, but it's looked at as a bit of a stop gap you know a part time job when you're at university uh, you've got you can, uh, bits and pieces like that but it's it needs to be advertised to young people as a career. Yeah. Uh, something yeah. that, you know, I've traveled the world doing this job. Awesome. It, uh, you know, like anything, you have to work bloody hard and you have to work your way to the top before you start to, if, you know, if, if, if it's financial gain that you want, it doesn't matter what industry you're in. Um, you know, if, and then, you know, this whole chef shortage thing, it really does my head in um, because uh, there's now this... Um, best way of putting it uh, I know what a policeman gets paid yeah. I know what a paramedic gets paid and I know what I pay my chefs yeah. and um, if you look at the, take those two professions as an example are the shift patterns or the hours any better in those roles than what they are in catering hospitality no mm. so this stigma that's around catering hospitality catering hospitality brought that on itself yeah. so we've got to figure it out for ourselves yeah. unfortunately the ones who are moaning the most about it are the ones doing the least about it yeah. but, um, <laughs> quite often the case quite often the case but we know we're onto a good thing here and it's working um, yeah. and we are just it, the, that, this, whole, this whole new attitude that we've taken to it <clears throat> if other people want to get on board with it brilliant if they don't no worries um, but going back to what I was saying it was like you know I speak to friends in the construction industry. I've got lots of friends who have their own businesses, builders, electricians, joiners. And it's, it is, it's true, you know, uh, it's not, it, it's young people coming out of the education system into the real world and realising that it hasn't really prepped them for it very well. And, we're, you know, it's, uh, that, that, that's where the shortage is. Yeah. But we can be like generations before us where say, oh, well, back in my day this and back in my day that. Or we can just accept what it is for what it is and work with it and try and do something about it and yeah. not moan about it. So that's what we do. Brilliant. Yeah. And we spoke a little bit about so the school stuff is, is just part of the stuff that you do in the community, but you're also like, the Brown Spy Shop is quite sort of uh, an advocate for getting involved in the community. And Definitely. Yeah. I saw recently that uh, there was a Lincoln City game that was cancelled and you kind of like, as a, an offer to the yeah, fans yeah, yeah. going to miss out, you Too put right. on like a special offer for Lincoln City fans to give them something else to do when they, you know, they're in the city, they come in, but then the game was abandoned. And yeah. So that you were sort of like reaching out to, to the community and inviting Definitely. them in. And yeah, we, um, I just, I saw an opportunity. And, um, you know, Lincoln is just buzzing at the moment. Uh, the football team's doing amazing. Um, and 
they get 10,000 people down there every single week. So, yeah. you know, we can only get 50 people in Brown. So it's only about a small percentage <laughs> yeah. we needed to get. Um, but why not? Um, yeah, I think <clears throat> you need to, you, you always need to be given back. Yeah. You always need to be given back. Um, and, you know, it puts us in, 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 in a great light with, with, with the footballs. You know, yeah. uh, when you go to the football, I always like to get a pint, a pint at half time. Yeah. Um, the two go hand in hand. We, you know, we we sell pies to the to the football ground for match days and bits and pieces like that. So I didn't realize. Yeah, that. yeah um, we've recently started doing it, and hopefully, you know, as as, uh, as things go on, we'll be it, we can have more of an influence and uh, and a presence down there. But yeah. Um, yeah, you know, I've been uh, a Lincoln City fan since it was fifty quid for a season ticket for under sixteen. So yeah. uh, it's amazing to be able to. Um, um, to have that relationship with the club. Yeah, absolutely. And you're involved in the Lincoln Hack as well, aren't you? Which is a, yeah, so, a, a digital event that's going on in the city. And you've got in, you've got yourself involved in that as well. We 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 just had a phone call one day from uh, Rob, the guys organising it, and saying, look, you know, um, we've been seeing a lot of uh, your, your takeaway food on on social media, and told me about Lincoln Hack and. I'm absolutely, a di- I'm a dinosaur with technology, so <laughs> it took me a while to explain what it actually was, and I still don't really understand what's going on. <laughs> but um, it's, yeah, it's an amazing, from what I can gather, it's an amazing, uh, an amazing event, and it's sold out, so we're, we're, we're taking 100 picnics down there for lunch um, on each day, and we're taking uh, pie mash down there for dinner for them both day, and it's, yeah, it's just amazing, you know, sometimes I, what I've found since running my own business is, when I'm chasing something, you never really get what you want. Yeah. When you just let things flow and just let things flow, let th- you, you really do just allow th- that things come to us. So mm-hmm. we, and again, people say to me, oh, you know, God, you know, how do you do this and how do you do that? We just, we just keep our heads down, really hammer the social media because it's an amazing tool if you have a business and everybody has a phone in the pocket. So yeah. you don't need to be spending thousands and thousands on marketing. You can do it in-house. Um, and yeah just work hard <laughs> yeah, yeah that's awesome be true to what you do definitely um, so the other stuff you do in the community as well you kind of like say you're on your own social media there's always kind of um, whenever there's something going on locally I always see that you guys kind of like tag onto the back of it don't you and kind of yeah. like promote what you're doing so that that's I guess a, a way for businesses to kind of yeah. to to get some traction off other things going on in the city, you always seem to be doing that, don't you? Kind Absolutely, of, like, you know, we yeah, we try and do events. We we, we just launched a, a Lincoln's Got Talent, um, where we did it with Slavic uh, from the Hope and Anchor in mm-hmm. South Ferriby. Uh, we're going to be doing one with Sam Owen from Salted Orange. Yeah. We're going to be doing one with uh, Darren Rogan, Simon Hibbard. Friend of the show, Darren Rogan. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, Simon Hibbard uh, from the Castle Hotel, he's agreed to do one. Just because yeah. I think, well, for the chefs in Browns, it's important for them to see other food as well. Um, so if I get some friends to come along and we do a tasting menu once every eight to twelve weeks, yeah, it just it's just exciting and it's great. We have a great laugh at each each, each one. I had a friend come up from London and do one a couple of years ago as well. Um, they always sell really well, um, and it's like, yeah, like I said, it's a, it's a great, it's a lot of fun. And I just think, look, it, we we do all sorts of brands. Um, we we do we kind of set a lot of trends in that in in, in that sense, but um, I I just well, wish other people more people would do you know Lincoln's so happening right now. Um, yeah. The restaurant scene I think in Lincoln is thriving. Um, I think it's a really exciting place to be cooking mm-hmm. at the moment, um, and the way that the city's developing, I just think that it's only going to get better and better and stronger and stronger. Absolutely. So let's talk about uh, about Lincoln more widely then, and sort of like obviously you you went away and came back. We discussed mm-hmm. that, but what is it about the city that you really love and and what makes it uh, such a great place to live and work from from your perspective? First thing, the history of it. 
when you really, really start reading into the, the, the history of the city and the, the events that have gone over the years here, it's, it, that's really amazing. I, I love the Bellgate, mm-hmm. my favourite part of the city. Um, from a chef's point of view, the produce here is second to none. Yeah. Um, the only thing we don't get a great deal of is shellfish, but we're not on the coast, so uh, you know, fresh seafood in Grimsby, mm-hmm. unfortunately, is not the thriving docks that it once was. Um, I love how diverse it's getting. Um, yeah. The steampunk weekend is my favourite weekend so of the good, year. I yeah. just think it's yeah. fucking nuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just think the whole thing's nuts. And people say to me, like, what is it? And I still can't really put my finger on what it, <laughs> what is. it is. But yeah. all I know is it's great. Yeah. Um, and I think we should feel very privileged to that so many thousands of people come to Lincoln yeah. for that event. And yeah. I really hope, I don't think it, it will get. I mean, I know they have other events in the city, but the one in Lincoln's the main one. Yeah. Um, the Christmas market's amazing. Um, and there just seems to be more and more and more things. You know, they're utilising the castle a lot better now for events, yeah. which is great. Uh, we seem to be getting better music. You know, there's the 2Q festival that was just on the mm. weekend. I've never heard of that before. And my mate showed me a video of the twang playing in an uh, acoustic set in a, in a record shop. And yeah. I was like, that happened like five minutes down the road from me. I used to love them for that, listening to them when I was younger. So, um, yeah, it's buzzing. Um, like anything in life, you're going to have people who moan about it. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but, um, but, you know, that's life, isn't it? So, yeah. but, um, I, 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 I just think Lincoln's a great place to be. Um, the the L-A, L-A, LNER train L-N-E-R service train, now. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to be amazing that uh, you're going to be that accessible to, to London as well. Yeah. I think it's an amazing place. Yeah, yeah. awesome. So obviously, uh, we sort of alluded to sort of what it's like, like life as a chef, you obviously like flat out all the time. Yeah. But when you get some time off, like what, do you, what is it you like to do in the city? That's um, I, you know, I don't look at it like work. So I don't look at it as work. So I don't, um, I, that, that's my mentality. So yeah. um, I feel like I'm always doing something related to brands yeah um i do i do struggle with like just switching off altogether um but what do i i mean places that i like to eat um i love the juice house Mm -hmm. i absolutely love the juice house um i love la la uh lawson's is an amazing addition um i've not been there yet no that's Mm -hmm. really really amazing uh paul's absolutely phenomenal chef um where else kine that's been a really amazing kind yeah um and i think Tip of the cap to the chap down there as well because it took a real set of balls to bring a concept like that and open it um, in in a place like Lincoln because you know he came up from London where mm. there's kinds on every single street yeah, corner yeah, and that yeah. signed a concept anyway um, and you know it's a small menu that doesn't change um, it changes frequently but but uh, you know uh, you you can go one week and go back maybe a month later and it'll still be the same but you know if it's good people will will, will come back for it yeah definitely um, where else do I like enjoy eating and looking at the Tower Hotel uh, yeah. god the guys there are doing phenomenal uh, phenomenal food um, i trying to think of where else I, I try and stay clear of the chains yeah, um, yeah. there's so many good independents isn't there that's, a bit that's it yeah, yeah. Um, and I think as well you know you, you look at there's been so many big big chains come to Lincoln and not do great um, I don't there's, there's lots of reasons why that could be but I think one of the main reasons is we do have a real strong set of independent um, businesses uh, yeah. restaurants pubs bars um, that do well you know look at you've know, got places like Straight and Narrow and, and Rogue Saint they, those guys I just think they're really really good cocktail bars yeah, um, yeah. and I've lived in London I've lived in Cambridge Oxford I've lived in the big cities where 
you know, big university cities, established universities that have been there for a long time. And um, Lincoln's right there, you know. Yeah. You, again, you speak to people, oh, we're miles behind. We're not. No, we're really not, no. you know. Um, we're, we're not quite as developed, but, you know, look at what's happening on the Cornell Quarter. We're, yeah, huge. In five years' time, it's, this, this city's just going to be even more bouncing than it already is. Yeah. You know, when I used to go out into Lincoln, um, Barmed was on on the Brayford. Oh right, and, I mean, uh, that's before my time. And, uh, <laughs> uh, the Harvester on the Brayford used to be a club. I can't remember. Scream, what it was yes, yeah, Scream. Right. Yeah, so uh, that's that's going back quite. I feel like an old git now saying that. But uh, Paulson Ritzy, that was the only nightclub really that you went to. Yeah. Um, and if you couldn't get in there, then you go down to Jailhouse Rock. <laughs> um, uh, but now look at it. Look at how many amazing bars and clubs yeah, and really uh, the Speakeasy Bar. That's the, I can't remember the name of it now. Um, Vice and Co. Yeah. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Yeah. So, um, if, if anyone says there's nothing to do in Lincoln, they're not looking hard enough. Yeah, you know, there's, there's loads always to something to yeah, do. Yeah. But then outside of the city centre, it's just you know there's so you know I love what go, going to Wisby, Hartstone Park. I love spending a lot of time outdoors. Yeah. Um, especially I've got two two little boys, so you know we're allowed to get them outside outside yeah. as well. Um, yeah, it's just an amazing county to be in. Not yeah. not just you know the surrounding areas is 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 phenomenal as well. Yeah, who doesn't like a you know fish and chips at Skag as well? well exactly. You know, yeah, we just went out there the other day. We went to the <coughs> seals at Don and Nook, you know, yeah. and um, we just drove, we drove down to uh, Mablethorpe actually, and it's still like even no November, it's still like you know all the arcades are still open. Yeah, and, like, fish, fish and chips on the beach yeah. in the winter is pretty like it's a really. And if you're you know you're born and raised in Lincoln, so yeah, like that real like nostalgic connection to the seaside. Um, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's an amazing place to be right now. Awesome, fantastic. So if people want to, um, we'll start bringing it to a close there, Danny. Thanks for very much for doing this if people want to uh, come in uh, and check out the, the shop it's on uh, it's just up the top of Steep Hill isn't yeah. it um, social media pages people can find yeah we're there. on yeah. Uh, Facebook Instagram Twitter um, we're, we're active on them all the time yeah. so yeah Fantastic. Uh, Facebook's the best way to keep up with us because we're you know everybody's on it so yeah uh, we kind <laughs> yeah. of we kind of hammer that a lot um, but yeah you know we've we've been there for thirty three years now and um, here's to thirty three more really absolutely yeah yeah, yeah it's uh, fantastic it's great to see it doing so well and, and thank thanks you. for thanks for going on Danny and thank really you for having me on mate yeah, it's been pleasure. a lot of fun. Uh, before we go, I just want to give a quick shout out to Man Cave Monday event, which is on the 25th of November at Aikido Gaming Bar. I mentioned Darren Rogan earlier on. He's going to be doing the food for that as always. We've got live music, um, an opportunity for people to come along and talk around issues around men's mental health. Not just open to men, it's open to everyone, so we'd love to see more people there. I think, Danny, if sometime you get a night off, you're going to come and check it out one day, aren't you? Definitely, well? yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, I've, I've recently just taken a, an NLP practitioner course, mm. um, and I'm going back to do my master's in that next year. So, wow. um, currently coaching um, half a dozen people, four, four business owners and two, two ladies um, through, you know, I've, I've got, you know, a lot of very passionate about mental health um, and well-being yeah um, so yeah I'm definitely coming down to a man fantastic that's yeah. brilliant right thanks again Danny and uh, thank you again to the sponsors City X Visit Lincoln Stokes Tea and Coffee and the White Hart Hotel uh, and listen in next week thanks very much thank you Mark cheers mate is that alright